Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. I'm your brother co-host, Thomas Dempsey. And... How's school? Uh, so... Well, the kids haven't come back yet. They come back tomorrow. Okay. But the week that the teachers were there went fine. I went through this. I don't know that I've ever gone through this. Or if I did, if I have gone through it, then I've like conveniently forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. So at least at the beginning of the week last week, when I'm like getting back into the routine of, you know, having to get up early and then like go do something all day. Yeah. I kept having this thing happen where like I would go to bed, not even necessarily all that early, but like I'd go to bed at like 10 o'clock uh-huh. and then I would just wake up. Yeah. I'd wake up at like 2 or 3 or 3.30. And you couldn't go back to sleep? Oh no, I could go back to sleep, but then, but it was like, but sometimes I would like stay awake for, I don't know, 30 minutes or an hour. Yeah. And then by the time you get back to sleep and then your alarm goes off, it's it feels like the first sleep you got, I guess, like didn't count. Oh, sure. So hopefully that is out of my system because this week is going to be harder since we're going to have children on campus. Right. So. All righty. Well, I hope wish you luck with that. Thanks. Yep. I've, uh, I guess since... I've gotten over what little regularity of my sleep schedule I built up. house sitting for Liz and Caleb, and uh, now I'm back to going to bed late, waking up late. We'll try to do something about it going forward, especially as job prospects rear their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put in for a couple new places. Uh, Barnes & Noble's hiring, so hopefully I'll hear back about that. Okay. Went in and feel like I made a reasonably good impression with the general manager uh, asking about it and introducing myself so uh but then there's that um new bookstore in just down the road from our house that is going to be opening in a little while and i got in touch with them finally it's this it's this book slash candy store that's uh opening near our hometown and a couple of times I've driven over there, like they haven't been opened. They're just sort of mm-hmm. setting up. But the, well, I don't want to like send people after him, so I won't name him on the cast. But they've just, their front door has been unlocked. Oh. And the second time there was somebody there. So at least I know that they weren't just like in danger of being robbed. But then I come to find out that uh, the owner of the bookstore is also the owner of the cafe next door. So it's seeming like it's going to be, maybe they were just over there and weren't as concerned about that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, hopefully those will turn up something interesting. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Good luck with that. Thank you. Let's see. We've got some reading to talk about. I've got some reading to talk about this week. I've got some reading to talk about this week. Yeah. Was there any non-reading you wanted to get into first? My younger step... So, okay. So, my younger stepson, Andrew, shares a birthday with our mother. Yes. That birthday also happens to coincide with the first day of school. Woof. So, we went and celebrated his birthday last night at his grandparents' house. Okay. That was fun. Yeah. And I didn't know if you wanted to talk about his uh, espoused aspiration. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so we, I got a shocker. I came home from work and I was talking to Brian about stuff and he was like, oh yeah. And Andrew has, is going to be in band. Yeah. And I was struck silent because like, I mean, you know, he's starting high school. Yeah. I don't know. He's starting high school. So typically at at least around here, you start band in like the sixth or seventh grade. Sure. So I was just surprised that he was going to be starting because he's going to go into the ninth grade. And he's never actually seemed particularly interested in doing band. Mm-hmm. But he spent he also spent the night with us last night and the band director is one of I think one of his baseball coaches. Okay. And at first he was like, Well, he's really intimidating and then he was like, Well, he's really persuasive. Ah. Uh. I guess he got talked into it. Yeah. Well, I hope he enjoys it. Yeah. Yeah. What instrument was he leaning towards? Baritone. Right. Which is... Uh... So, baritone, it's still a low brass instrument, but it's smaller than a tuba. Okay. Because there's also, like, baritone sax and whatnot. Yeah. So, this yeah. is the brass instrument, baritone. Okay. Uh, last weekend, I went out and pulled a barbenheimer oh yeah you did that you texted yeah. me to let me know you were going yeah i uh went out to a 310 screening of barbie and then i followed that up with like a 550 screening of oppenheimer got home i think a little bit after nine closer to ten because of oppenheimer is like three hours like bang on but, uh yeah i would say they are both equally good movies for what each is looking to do mm -hmm. and i think just by virtue of barbie being a comedy i had more fun with it but okay. i'd definitely be more interested i'd be definitely be interested in checking either of those out again okay yeah the two girls i was sitting next to at the barbie screening were wearing like glittery prom dresses that's so, so cute yeah there's definitely people making an event out of it i love it when people like get you know, dress up silly to go to a movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Oh, uh, we watched the most recent J John Wick movie the other night. Missed in theaters, but we I showed Mom and Dad the first three that I had on Blu-ray. And then I got this most recent one uh, off of Redbox. So we got Chinese for dinner and had ourselves a movie night. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make... Make an effort to watch more stuff. Because I feel like especially like with this reading project and some of the games I've been getting into, you can just sort of find yourself holed up in just like the, these like individual activities. Whereas yeah, you know, TV shows and movies sort of fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting into some stuff. Uh, you ready to talk books? Yeah, let's talk books. Okay, well, I have read, in a, including the book we had to read today, I read three books plus a uh, comic book that I finished. That was, I mentioned in the last episode all the stuff I've been, re I've been reading. That one was uh, The Nice House on the Lake, which is the horror comic about a group of friends, or uh, acquaintances, rather, with a mutual friend who turns out is an alien who's been tasked with collecting a group of humanity to survive the extinction of the world. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, these uh, 11 people were all living in this sort of opulent lakeside mansion, just trying to figure out their situation, trying to figure out if there's any way they can stop what's happening from happening. The It's a, broken up into two volumes. I finished volume one. It ends on a very, like, juicy cliffhanger. So, I'll be, uh, yeah, definitely seeking out the rest of it. And, okay. Uh, yeah. It gets a recommend. Awesome. So, I started the book for this week, but did not finish it. And in addition to that, I read and completed seven other books. Okay. Some of them were from that series that I talked about last time. Right. The Regency Monster Romances. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to go into each one of them because they're all, like, it's pretty formulaic. And I feel like I did a good job of describing what those books were about. But I guess, like, the monsters, quote unquote, uh, one of them was a satyr. 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 Thank you. One of them was a satyr, and that was a um, a gay romance. Okay. One of them was like a, a lion person. Okay. Like a humanoid lion, or not not lion, tiger. Like a humanoid tiger type oh, thing. Oh, yeah. There's a, uh, there's a fantasy race. I think they're called tabaxi in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one was like... Like, it, the book makes it very explicitly clear that, like, what this monster is is not a mermaid. Okay. But it's, so like, mermaid, mermaid adjacent. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, it's, like, a sea creature type deal. And then like, the last uh, one... Are you familiar with the uh, the H.P. Lovecraft story, like, in, uh, set in Innsmouth? No. It's basically about a guy who goes to his old home... And everybody is part of a fishman worshiping cult. Spoilers for that, I guess. Now, this it is funny because in that book, like this particular race, um, they are extremely influential and extremely wealthy, and like there are multiple country. Like it's kind of like it's in the background, like it's mentioned multiple times that like you know, like England and France and and like very large countries with very prominent governments at the time, like want to engage in trade. Yeah. With this particular race of people because of how wealthy they are. Okay. Um, and then speaking of H.P. Lovecraft, the final one, it's called, the book is called Amelia and the Eldritch Earl. Okay. So like a Cthulhu. And, yeah. And, and, but, but it's not Cthulhu. He's a, um, a jackalope. A, you mean like a rabbit with horns? And deer feet? Yeah. Yeah. And he can do magic. Oh, alright. Well, that's not where my head goes when I think Eldritch. Yeah, it, it wasn't where my head went either. Now, the cover is very Eldritch-ish. Like, when, like in the description of like what he is. I was like... Now, granted, I haven't read any H.P. Lovecraft, so I might be completely off base. But I was sitting there like, this is not what I envision when I think of eldritch basically if you've read any like stephen king cosmic horror stuff that's uh sort of the the vein in which he wrote that was four and i've read three others okay well i've read three books total including the book for this week so i'll talk about the other two one was a book i've been working on for a long time now finally got finished it is 
three novels by Agata Kristoff. It is a trilogy of stories comprising uh, The Notebook, The Proof, and The Third Lie. You know, the first book starts out, The Notebook, with this pair of twins named Klaus and Lucas, who, at the outset of a war in some Eastern European country or Slavic country, Agata Kristoff is was born in Hungary, so you get the sense that it's sort of that ballpark. These twin brothers, Lucas and Klaus, go to live with their grandmother in, like, a rural city mm -hmm. in order to avoid, like, the worst of the bombings and whatnot that's going on. And I alluded to some of, the, like, the salacious and depraved things that go on over the course of the first book. And that book ends with the brothers who have, like, spent their whole lives up to that point having the stereotypically weird like psychic link that twins sort of are thought to share mm -hmm. and at the end of the book they split off one of the brothers crosses the border and goes to live in this foreign country and the other brother uh, i guess erases all trace of that twin and remains behind to live at their grandmother's house and so the second okay. book is about the brother who stayed behind growing up and the people he meets and relationships he forms and whatnot. I guess spoilers for the proof, but that story ends with the revelation that all of the events of the first and second book, more or less, were fabricated by the character. Mm-hmm. Like, because the whole book, like those first two books are framed as like, journals that the character is keeping and so at the end of the second book you get uh, a notification from like the police who have arrested this guy for uh, being in violation of uh, his immigration status like basically his visa has expired so he's been taken into custody uh, to be repatriated mm -hmm. and then the third book is about basically what this guy's life was actually like and his brother, what directions their lives took, what like weird confluences and influences they had on this one guy's writing. It's a interesting project that hits on some pretty dark themes. Yeah, pretty interesting uh, narrative arc across all these books. Cool. What uh, what else did you you what uh, was the uh, was the three other books you read part of a series? Two of them were, and the series is not completed, and I am waiting with bated breath for this book to come out because, oh my gosh, is this series good. All right. So, uh, and I'm so thankful because, okay, like, everyone knows I read a ton of romance, and, and I've said multiple times how sometimes the good and the bad part about romance is it can become formulaic. Yes. I have started a new series. I've read the first two books. The third book is not out yet. I think it's coming out in September. And it, this is a fantasy romance. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, like, this is... It's got some of the typical tropes, but they are presented in more elegant ways, I guess. Okay. So, I don't actually know that, the, that there's a name to the trilogy. Yes. But the two books um, are Bride of the Shadow King and Vow of the Shadow King. And it's by Sylvia Mercedes. Okay. What the trilogy is about uh, is in the first book, 
Um, you're introduced to the main female character. Her name is Ferrain. Yeah. She's the princess of a kingdom. And, like, she has something called a god's gift, which was bestowed upon her about birth, uh, at birth, but didn't actually come to fruition until she hit puberty. And, basically, it, she has, like, extreme empathy. Okay. Where she can physically feel the emotions of other people. And it is it, it's debilitating. Hmm. And because of her gift, she totally tanked this marriage arrangement that was going to happen with another kingdom. Yeah. And basically because, like, that went down the crapper, she has been sequestered to a convent to live out the remainder of her days. Okay. Well, she has two younger sisters, and the sister right under her, her name is Ilsevel. And Ilsevel has been promised to our male protagonist. His name is Vor. And um, he is, the humans call them the trolls. Right. And then in the book, it's like, it's called trolled, like T-R-O-L-D-E. Okay. But Ilsevel, like, refuses to come out of her room. So the king calls for Ferain to come back to the kingdom to, like, talk her into marrying this guy. Yeah. And so... Ferrain is on her way with her brother, who's the crown prince, and their caravan gets attacked, and Vor and his caravan come and rescue them and, like, chase off the bad guys. Okay. Like, the series so far is very much a slow burn. Like, nothing's been consummated yet. Okay. Okay. And, and we're two books in already. Yeah. So, there's that. Vor and Ferrain, they, like, fall for each other. But in the first book, it is a thing of, like, why they can't be together. And then the second book kind of expounds upon the consequences of the actions that take place in the first book. Sure. It's just so good. Alrighty. Like, it's just so good. Like, this is a book that I'm like, because it, it's on Kindle Unlimited. Yes. And I feel like our audience has heard also ad nauseum my issues with some books that have been published through Kindle Unlimited. Those problems are not present in these books. Okay. Or if they are, like, the writing is so good that it makes up for it. Sure. Like, all of the details are consistent. So, if she mentions that something is this color in the first book, it's still that color in the second book. If a character looks this way in the first book, they still look that way in the second book. Nice. Like, it's, it's little things like that that make such a big difference when you're reading and paying attention. Right. Um... So anyway, the third book's coming out in September. I cannot. I'm so excited. I'm so well, excited. Happy for you. My last book uh, is kind of an interesting venture into a genre that I have been sort of at the cusp at of for a while, but never actually delved into until now. And mm -hmm. that is the, uh, it's not really a genre. It's more like a medium or a style. But it is the uh, realm of the Japanese light novel, which is basically young adult, like done in the style similar to manga, where there'll be illustrations included that like give you a sense of what characters or certain scenes look like. But mm -hmm. it's like a whole industry. It's like one of the two main sources for like modern anime adaptations. So like yeah. If something's if there's an anime, chances are if it's not like just wholly original that it's either based on 
a comic book or a manga. Like, there's, like, some video game adaptations, but typically it's one of those two. Okay. So, um, this light novel that I read is based on a series you will be familiar with, Chainsaw Man. Oh, yes. It is a collection of short stories set in the Chainsaw Man universe. All of it seems to fit in with the continuity of the manga, so they're just sort of, like, fleshing out backstories from the first part of that series was all written by this guy named uh, Sakaku Hishikawa. So uh, I guess he probably had editorial oversight from uh, Tatsuki Fujimoto, the manga's creator, uh, as far as like plot details were concerned, character consistency and what have you. But generally mm. speaking, it feels pretty much in line with the events and the tone of the mainline series. Okay. It uh, The volume is called Buddy Stories. The concept behind all the stories is that they uh, depict a relationship from the manga that is built around like these buddy pairings like are you familiar mm -hmm. with the connotation of buddy in japan no in japanese work culture or office culture there's this concept of uh co-working partners which okay. use the uh american loan word buddy Basically, if, like, two people are on a assignment or have a beat that they work, then they're referred to as buddy, work buddies. Okay. Yeah, so, in Chainsaw Man, a lot of the characters who are, like, going around hunting monsters are characterized as being buddies with each other. You have a story of the main character of the series, Denji, and his buddy, Power, going off to, like, an abandoned hotel in the mountains to try and solve a mystery then you'll have aki and his buddy himino and their first case working together and a couple of other characters from the series get elaborated on so mm -hmm. i think having being such a big fan of the source material definitely made this a more accessible entry into light novels because obviously with something that is like so couched in multimedia adaptations and franchises it can mm -hmm. sort of feel imposing to just jump into especially like a literary book as opposed to like a comic or an episode of a cartoon show or anything like that yeah. but uh yeah this was uh pretty accessible to me and enjoyable as somebody who's already a fan of the source material and i'd like to think that maybe this will uh, make for a good onboarding to some other like franchises that I've had my eye on. All right. Yeah. So my last book is the first book in a trilogy that I'm reading the second book right now and I, I but I don't know if I'm going to finish it because things are getting on my nerves. So uh, Okay. Um and again, this is another trilogy that doesn't necessarily like have a name. Uh oh. the the book that I finished is The Teacher's Forbidden Protector by Roxy Ray. Mm -hmm. It does take place in South Carolina, but it, like it's a made-up city in South Carolina. Oh, uh, okay. And um, this is a sh like a ro like a werewolf romance. The main character, her name is Marley. She lives in this town called New Middle Bluff, South Carolina. Okay. She's from Pennsylvania. She had to leave Pennsylvania because she had an abusive ex. He was a werewolf. She's a human. Werewolves or shifters are now, like, common knowledge. Like, 
like everybody knows that shifters exist. Okay. So of course there's shifter prejudice. Yes. He was so anyway. Her ex was abusive. When she left him and then tried to get help, she was turned away or she was not taken seriously, and so she fled the state. And she came to South Carolina. She like has made friends who have like really really supported her, and have kind of like helped her through her healing process. And she starts working as a kindergarten teacher at a integrated school for shifters and humans. Okay. Um, that is where, well, that's not where. So there's like a little meet cute before she technically starts her job where she meets Colson or Cole, who is her love interest. And he is a werewolf. He works as a contractor and he has a son named Noah. Anyway, they have, like, a little meet-cute and, like, you know, the, like, they're into each other. They think each other's attractive. And then it turns out that Marley is Noah's kindergarten teacher. Uh-huh. So, anyway, and then it goes from there. What that first book and the second book very much deal with a lot of is she hasn't quite escaped her past. Like, in the first book, yeah. she's dealing with a stalker. And she just, like, is afraid for her life. And she realizes that she's maybe not quite as healed from the trauma of her ex as she thought she was. Uh-huh. So, the first book is and the second book are very much about her kind of, like, exploring what does it mean to heal and move on. Okay. The thing is, is that the conversations that have taken place in both of these books, I'm like... You know what? If I heard in person that these conversations were happening, I would be thrilled for the people involved because you can tell that like they're working through their feelings, they're talking things out, they're like they're not assuming people are mind readers, like they're they're working things out, right? Uh, okay. But it is extremely boring to read about it. <laughs> yeah. Like I you're just you. sitting like they're having these long thoughtful conversations and you're just like, "Oh my gosh, would you just do something already?" Okay. Like, go get a cup of coffee. I don't freaking care. But just quit yeah. talking to each other. All right. So, anyway, that's what I read. All right. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll be telling you about the reading assignment for this week. And we look forward to seeing you. Yep. All right, we're back to your words against mine. This week's reading challenge was to check out the... Uh, classic Virginia Woolf novel Mrs. Dalloway which is available for free on the serial reader that's how I read it I spent ten dollars and got it off a of Kindle okay somebody got that money yeah well, I uh, finished it yesterday along with uh, the books by uh, Agatha Christoph I feel like when you finish multiple books in one day Regardless of how long you've been reading any one of them, it sort of feels significant. Mm-hmm. You said you didn't get to finish uh, Mrs. Dalloway. About how far uh, would you say you made it through? I mean, I didn't get very far into it, so I'm pretty much, like, at the beginning. I feel like my ki I feel like uh, Amazon, like, kind of led me astray because prior to purchasing the book, it was like, oh, this is 100 pages. Uh-huh. And I was like, I can knock out 100 pages, no problem. Yeah. I could not. I don't I don't believe it. I don't think it's 100 pages. No. In terms of, like, raw words, it's actually, like, closer to 68,000. Mm -hmm. Which is still, like, not a long book. 
but right, it's definitely longer than a hundred pages. But it's, but yes, I was about to say sixty-eight thousand. That's like in the low two hundreds. Yeah, but definitely not a hundred and seven or whatever Kindle told me. When I started reading it, I was like, oh god, because at least my version, like, there's no chapters. Right. And I know in the serial app, it'll divide it up into chapters for you because, like, you're supposed yeah. to read a little bit every day. Uh, started off like that and then gradually got more into, like, catching up on chapters. And, and the second thing is I started reading it and I was like, I had that panic that I remember feeling when I read Pride and Prejudice in eighth grade. Uh-huh. I don't know what's going on. Uh-oh. Like, I'm reading it and I'm trying to figure out what's happening and I can't figure it out because, like, I don't know. It's almost like a, it's it's like this thing of like a shifting perspective, at least where I was. Yeah, it definitely jumps around between perspectives. And it, it and there's no, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just because of the types of books I read. I typically read, but like I'm I'm usually a little bit. I'm I'm more used to having my handheld kind of mm-hmm. through a story. Okay. And I'm sitting here like, I don't, I don't know that, uh, you, I'm like, Miss Wolf, Miss Virginia Wolf, I don't know that you need to be placing this much trust in me to know what's going on. <laughs> well, I likewise had difficulty, like, following exactly who or where anybody was at any given moment. Uh, for, I guess we should talk about what the book is. Good luck. For anyone listening who hasn't, uh, checked it out or heard of it. Uh, Mrs. Dalloway is a day in the life sort of novel that begins with uh, the, the character Clarissa Dalloway, who is the wife of, I forget what his name is. I think it's Richard. A member of the, like, Chamber of Lords, mm-hmm. which is like the English, I guess, House of Congress. I think, so, I think the Chamber of Lords is kind of more like the Senate. Okay. Well, he's like a politician, basically. Yeah. And from to hear other people talk about him, not an especially prominent one. But, you know, all the same, like they're upper class fairly solidly. Clarissa Dalloway is like a housekeeper. At the end of the day, her family are hosting a party at their house. And so she's basically going about her day preparing for that. And you bounce around from her perspective to those of other people living in uh, London at the time. Most significantly, like her friends and uh, her former would-be suitor uh, named Peter Walsh, who has just returned from like a decade in India. Then there's also a subplot about this uh, young couple, one of whom is a World War I veteran who is suffering from severe PTSD. It's like the story of his struggle with his own, I guess, mental state and his wife's struggle to like be a loving wife and a big part of the narrative is contrasting perspectives you'll get the thought process of various characters within a scene and also like an event will play out that another character will then happen upon and have a completely different reading of from their outside perspective one of the main themes of the book does seem to be like like especially pertaining to like distinctions of class like how various people within and without certain situations and circumstance perceive things Mm -hmm. and that also plays to like gender roles like men and women husbands and wives 
like in relationships or just among society it's uh it's a fairly dynamic novel uh it's not very long but it covered and it doesn't cover a long time span but it does like bounce around to a lot of different kinds of characters and dynamics and situations mm-hmm. the serial app i think made it well suited a way of reading it because you are getting those chunks that make things feel more demarcated yeah so you're not getting as easily lost as you might be just like plunging headlong Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I definitely had the benefit of that. But yeah, uh, I would. Yeah. yeah, and I I know you told me to do it that way, and I should have listened to you. Yeah. Did you do you still have the serial app? Yeah. Uh, do I? I don't. I might have deleted it. But that's. I mean, I can always re-download it. Right, because it's a free app. Yeah. And I don't use it often. Mainly just whenever there's like an old book, public domain that I'm looking to check out. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I read uh, a lot of. Anna Karenina, that's how I read Siddhartha. It, it's good for checking out stuff when you don't necessarily want to, like, bother with a library. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned paying for your copy. I know that with public domain books that pretty much the cost of paying for any given edition basically is just for the purposes of that publication. Yeah. Like, there's no author or estate that the money is going towards. Right. So, like, when you see Penguin Random House putting out, like, two dozen different editions of, like, any given Jane Austen novel, mm-hmm. that's generally why. Yeah. I think I, well, I've returned Kindle books before, so I think I can do that again. That way I can read it on the Serial app and maybe not. Because the other thing that was, like, intimidating is sometimes if I'm, like, like trying to read something in a hurry or if I'm just curious, like, oh, hey... Like, how many more chapters do I have? Or, like, or you know, how many chapters does this have? That way I can kind of gauge, like, about how long I think the chapters are. I'll, like, in the Kindle app, I'll, like, go to, like, check the chapters. Yeah. And it was just really disconcerting for it to be, like, like, every time I went to go do that, it would be, like, forward, Mrs. Dalloway, reading group notes or, like, reading uh, group guide or something. So it was, right. like, oh, okay, there's no chapters. Yeah, I get that. I, uh... I never mess with, like, the reading group notes or, like, the questions or the supplemental materials unless it is, like, a explicit, like, afterword by the author or, like, historical context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, I really loved it. Never read anything by Virginia Woolf before, but... And this isn't even, like, her highest-rated novel on Goodreads, despite right. probably being the book she's most famous for. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to be checking out more, probably on the Serial app. I don't know what else they got. I'm more down for books that do things that I don't entirely understand, mm-hmm. like stylistically or whatnot, psychologically. So yeah. this a lot of the confusion that I uh, experienced reading this was just sort of part of the fun. Yeah. And really just Wolf's way with language in terms of like articulating thought processes and observation really resonated with me mm-hmm. so i'm uh, glad to have finally gotten around to it well good i did yeah. like like in the little bit that i read i did really i did appreciate her um i don't know i did think the writing was really beautiful something i do like that the kindle app does is like it'll have underlined like parts that 
other readers have like highlighted because they thought it was interesting or they thought it was particularly noteworthy. Yeah. Like I do like that because I would see those passages and I would like just kind of read. I wouldn't. Re- I would like read them like over and over again. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we didn't have. Uh, I'll try and give you something more readable. I guess I don't know. But uh, yeah. So that uh, covers the conversation on Miss Dalloway. Now we've got the rest of our business to get going around. Do you uh, have your word totals ready? Yes, I do. So, I read seven books since our last episode for a subtotal of 608,160 words, which brings my year-to-date total to 4,419,336 words, which puts me at 43.9% of my 2021 word count. All right. I read three books uh, for this episode, which added to my previous total, brings my uh, current word total up to 3,183,221, which is 71% of my 2021 rating total. Alrighty. So, uh, oh, uh, you got any bingo titles you want to submit? Um, I want to submit Bride of the Shadow King for Fantasy. Okay. So, still no bingo then. Okay. What about you? You are still uh, two books off from any given bingo. Alrighty. What about your bingo card? For mine, I am putting down Mrs. Dalloway as pre-1950. Okay. After I put Mrs. Dalloway on your card, you will still not have a bingo. Okay. There are two places where you are one away. Alrighty, well that's cool. So now we've got uh, our next reading assignment to get into. Uh, as uh, listeners will know, next week we'll be talking about Let the Right One In by John Linkfist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've recently checked that out from the library and have gotten into it. It's getting pretty good vibes. I mean, I've seen the movie already, so I basically know what to expect, but it's always more interesting to see like it written down. Yeah. That'll be for our next episode, but in the episode after that, we'll be talking about the book I'm assigning now, which, in uh, light of my interest in the light novel format, will be a light novel. It is a book written by Mia Kazuki, and it is called Ascendance of a Bookworm, Part 1, Volume 1. It is a a light novel series. This is like native light novel, so it wasn't like an anime or manga that's getting adapted. This was originally conceived of as a light novel that then got adapted into a manga and an anime. It is about a college... I'll just read you the Goodreads description. Okay. A certain college girl who's loved books ever since she was a little girl dies in an accident and is reborn in another world she knows nothing about. She is now Min, the sickly five-year-old daughter of a poor soldier. To make things worse, the world she's been reborn into has a very low literacy rate and books mostly don't exist. She ha- she'd have to pay an enormous amount of money to buy one. Min resolves herself. There, if there aren't any books, 
she'll just have to make them. Her goal is to become a librarian. This story begins with her quest to make books so she can live surrounded by them. All right. Yeah, all right. So that'll be uh, our reading uh, for one month from now. I look forward to talking about it, and I look forward to talking with you again about whatever. Uh, any other outstanding business you want to get into? I don't think so. Um, I'll just go through our social medias real quick. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can also find us at our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can email us a question, suggestion, or comment to yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. Alrighty. I uh, have enjoyed talking to you, Elizabeth. I've enjoyed talking to you, too. Hope uh, the kids don't give you too much trouble this week. Oh, it'll be, this week will be fine, because they'll be, like, scared out of their mind. Ah, that's cool. Uh, You just have yourself a good evening. Be safe driving to work tomorrow. Thank you, you too. Be talking with you later. And uh, to all y'all listening out there, goodbye. Goodbye.